Hallelujah, hallelujah. For those of you who are wondering what just happened just there, in this church we believe in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. We want God to talk to us. Praise the Lord. And God talks to us through the gifts of His Spirit. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them this morning, turn to the book of Psalms chapter 23. A very, very familiar passage of scripture I'm sure many people could probably quote it Psalm 23 and I want to just read verse 4 Psalm 23, verse 4, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I want to preach for just a few minutes this morning on the God of the valley. The God of the valley. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. It is good to be in God's house with you all today. I love Jesus. I love this church. I love this community that we're in. I love our city. I am glad to be in God's house with all of you this morning. Amen. We have a a family that's joined us today. We are very glad to have them with us. They have just arrived recently from overseas. They don't speak much English yet, amen, which is why Sister Imini is translating for them. But here's what I want you to do after church. I want you to go up and just say hello. Let them know that they are welcome here. You are both welcome here. We're glad that you've come today, amen. We want our church to be a place where... Everybody is welcome. Everyone feels like they can fit in here. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I am very glad to be here as well today because for those of you who are not aware, um, I was in a car accident on Tuesday. And, um, and I do thank everybody who has texted me and told me they're praying for me. And for those people who have helped out with Jonathan and provided meals and, and all sorts of stuff. You know, after the whole event was finished, I was just thinking that we we live in a great community. It blew me away. Less than five minutes after I had crashed, I had two GPs, about a dozen people, and an off-duty paramedic all there on the side of the road helping me before the ambulance ever arrived. You know, it's 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 good to know that we have a community around us that cares for one another. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and I like to be a part of that community. Yesterday, I um, spent a few hours um, at a Harmony Day event that CenterCare was running and got to meet a lot of great people, got to meet a lot of people that care about our community, got to talk to police officers and, and counselors and, and, and all sorts of people who are there because they want our community to be stronger together. Amen. And, and really, that's what we want with our church too. Amen. We want to be a community here that is united and strong, but we don't want to be united and strong and exclude everybody out there. 
It's not what we're about, amen? We want to be a community where people can come in and feel like they belong here and they are part of it. I went because it ties in with our vision. You know what our vision is, right? Reach, make, belong. We want to reach our world. We want to make disciples. We want to create a community where people belong. Amen. And if the church spends all of its time hidden away inside our four walls, we will have no impact in the community. Hello? It's the truth. And so we need to get involved in these kind of things and help out and shine the light of Jesus into these kind of situations. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let me get back to my notes. The God of the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We would all love to live our Christian lives as a continual mountaintop experience with Jesus. Amen? We would love to have it that every time we came to church, we were just able to enter straight into God's presence. We would love that every time we prayed, God would immediately answer our prayers the way we prayed. We would love it if nothing bad would ever happen to our life, that God's hand was always upon us, protecting us from everything that could possibly go wrong. We would love it if everything just went according to our plan. That if somehow we could live in, in some bubble on top of the mountain, constantly close to God, constantly feeling His presence, constantly being able to interact with Him and commune with Him. That, that mountaintop experience that we all like to pursue. Amen? Because the reality is, is that everybody wants to serve God on top of the mountain. Right? When things are going good in our life, when we've got money in the bank, when we've got a secure job, when we have a roof over our head, when things are going well, it is at those times it's a lot easier to come to church and just say, yeah, I love God. I love living for Jesus. Living for Jesus is the best life of all because everything is going well. Mountaintops. The mountaintop experience. And we all find it so much easier to live for God. When our faith is not being challenged. When circumstances are saying that something is going wrong in our life. And yet we know in our head that God still sits on the throne. And we have this disconnect between if God is on his throne. Why is things going so wrong for me? I had someone tell me after I crashed my car. They said, why didn't God stop it? I don't know. I'll ask him one day. But he didn't. But it's so easy sometimes that when things go wrong in our life, we begin to question, we begin to say, God, I want to live on the mountain. I don't want to be down low in the valley, but I want an experience with you where I'm constantly on a high, constantly feeling good, where everything is going right. But we know that the reality of living for God is not like that. Why? Because we live in a world that is broken by sin. Amen. And we live in a world where the forces of the enemy would seek to try and destroy us and take us down and bring us down a notch. Amen. So valleys. The reality is, is that everybody that is sitting here under the sound of my voice 
will one day come across a valley experience in their life. It's funny, you know, because God spoke to me clearly. You know, sometimes I, I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray. And it's, it's not until like Saturday at 3 o'clock, God says, right, here's what I want you to preach. This time God spoke to me on Monday. I was driving to work. He said, this is what I want you to preach. I was like, wow, that's nice and early, God. Thank you for that. It was all before any of this happened with my hand. God said, I want you to speak about the God of the valley. Because everybody that is here is going to have a time in their life where we will have days, weeks, months, sometimes years in the valley. But I'm here to tell you today that the God that we serve is not just the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley as well. How do I know this? Because in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that tells me that it doesn't matter if my life is up or my life is down. It doesn't matter if things are going well or things are going bad. It doesn't matter if my future seems secure or my future seems uncertain. Jesus Christ is not going to change. He is the same God today as He was yesterday. He is the same God on the mountain as He is in the valley because He is unchangeable. He does not change. He is the same God. Here's another reason why I know that He is the God of the valley and not just the God of the mountain. In Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, Jesus speaking to His disciples says, Lo, I am with you always. It doesn't matter if you are down, God's there. It doesn't matter if you are up, God's there. It doesn't matter if you've got security, God's there. It doesn't matter if you're feeling very unsecure. God is there in every situation, in every circumstance, in every problem, in everything that crops up in life, in every event, in everything. Jesus Christ is the same and Jesus Christ is there. Because He is the same and He is there, I know that He is the God of the valley. And if I have learned anything at all this week, I know that we do not know what tomorrow holds. So it is of great comfort for me to know that no matter if things are going good or things are going bad, He is the same. It is of great comfort to me to know that even though I don't know the future, I serve a God who has already lived my future. And when we get ourselves into these situations, church, you need to take comfort and understand that God is not surprised at the valley you find yourself in. God is not bewildered at the fact that you are down and out for a season. God knows that it is coming. God is aware that it is coming. And through it all, His plan is being fulfilled in your life. This is why in the book of Jeremiah, God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts to prosper you, to bring you to an expected end. That word expected is hopeful end. 
a hopeful end. Or in other words, what God is saying is, because I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and because I am with you always, and because I know the plans that I have laid out for your life, I know that at the end of the day, your life can be filled with hope. Because even when things are going bad, when things are going wrong, when things are in pain in your life, when you don't know what to turn to, we still serve a God who's looking at the end of your life and saying there is a hope of glory. There is something greater than this life that you are living for. So we don't have to worry about whether we are up or whether we are down, but we build our life on Jesus Christ. Because He does not change. Because He never leaves us. Because He has a plan for our life. And because He is bringing us to a hopeful end. Someone say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What do we know about the God of the valley? We know a few different things. The Bible tells us that He will continue to guide us. The verse that we read in Psalm 23, it says, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod speaks of correction. The staff speaks of support. And notice the psalmist is not worried about the rod of correction. He's not worried about the rod of comfort. No, he writes and he says, they comfort me. They comfort me. Or in other words, what I'm saying this morning as a child of God, you never need to fear God being absent in your life. Because no matter what valley you find yourself in, whether it is one that is self-inflicted, whether it is one that life puts you in, whether it is one that your family puts you in, whether it is one that work puts you in, whether it's one the devil puts you in, it doesn't matter. God will continue to speak into your life. God will continue to provide direction. He will continue to provide comfort. He will continue to provide correction. He's not going to wait till you're off the rails and then go, bless God, he's gone. No, he's still after you. He still wants you. He's still guiding you. He's still leading you. His rod and his staff are right there in the valley of the shadow of death. There's God. You see, we get so caught up and we feel like God doesn't understand what we're going through. Yes, He does. He's right there going through it right with you. He's right there with you, leading you, guiding you. What else do we know about the God of the valley? We know that He is there even when we don't sense Him. Feel the presence of the Lord right now. I know I'm speaking to somebody. I have found in my life, when I have been in dark places in my life, in valleys where I felt like spiritually I could not see my hand in front of my face, I don't sense the presence of God like I do sometimes when I'm on top of the valley, on top of the mountain. But here's what I know. Job is an excellent example of this. He is what we would call the quintessential mountain dweller. Everything in his life was going perfect. He had lots of sheep, lots of cows, lots of donkeys, lots of camels, lots of children, lots of money, lots of houses. It didn't matter what it was. Job had lots of it. And yet through the testing of God and the work of the enemy, one by one, these things 
got taken away in a short manner of time. His camels were gone. His donkeys were gone. His sheep was gone. His flocks were gone. Then his kids were gone. His houses were gone. Then his health was gone. He began to get boils on his hands and his legs and his arms and his face. He was sick. He was so sick, his wife came to him and said, Why do you bother fighting? Just curse God and die. That is the best example I can think of, of being in a valley. Job, who has gone from sacrificing to the Lord every day, the God that he has been serving, has, as it were, seemed to turn his back on Job. But I love Job's statement of faith. When he says, he's being brutally honest, he says, I turn to the right hand. I can't perceive him. I look on the left hand and he's just, he's not there. I look forward and I can't, I can't see him. And I, I search behind, but he's, he's not there. I can't feel him. But he says, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold through the fire. See, Job had an understanding. He knew that he didn't need to sense the presence of God to know that God was still aware of what was going on. He didn't need to see God to know that God had a purpose in all of this. He didn't need to feel the presence of God to know that God was still interested in his life because his faith stood up where his sight and his spiritual sight failed and said, I know God is still aware. And this is why with Job is able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even though all of our spiritual senses might be dead, we keep doing what we know to do. We be faithful. We come to church. We read our Bible. We spend time in prayer. We come to connect group. We get involved with what God is doing. Because even if we don't feel him, he is still there. Even though our spiritual senses might be dulled and faded because of the valley. He is still there. And it is at times like that. When every man made idea of how you think God should operate. Begins to fade away. And what is left is a deeper Trust for God than what you've ever had in your life. Because He is the God of the valley. What else do we know about the God of the valley this morning? Look at this in Psalm 84. And verse 5. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it in the in the NLT version. I've got it here. Psalm 84 and verse 5. It says, "What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, get this. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place 
of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessing. They will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. The other thing we know about the God of the valley is that God will use those valley experiences to sustain us on our walk with God. In other words, what am I saying? When we understand where our strength comes from, and when our minds are set on living for Jesus, on making Him the priority, then it means that when those, we go through those times of weeping, those valleys of Bacar, it says in the King James Version, God will turn those times of weeping into wells that when we begin to pass by that way again, we will remember, I remember when I went through this trial. I remember when I went through this circumstance. I remember when I had this problem and I was crying and I was weeping and I didn't know if God was going to come through. But then I remember God came through for me. And each one of these valleys that we walk through in our life become milestones and monuments in our life where we can look back and we can say, if God helped me back there, He's going to be able to help me again. If God sustained me through that, He's going to be able to sustain me through this. I thought I wasn't going to make it, but I did. So I feel like I'm not going to make it now, but I know that that I will because He is the same God. They become wells that we can draw from. Areas of refreshment, these valleys that we struggle through. With hindsight, we can look back and go, yes, I take strength from that because I know my God sustained me. I know my God led me. I know my God never left me. And if He is the same God as He was back then, He's going to be the same God Today, someone say praise the Lord. They become times that we can look back on and know that God helped us, that God sustained us, that God led us, that God preserved us. He is the God of the valley. I want to read one more story for you before we close. It's found in the book of First Kings. I want to spend a little bit of time in prayer afterwards because I feel like there are people here who are in the middle of a valley situation in their life. And before you leave, I want you to come face to face with God where He can build you up and strengthen you. 1 Kings chapter 20. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory here. The Syrians had come to fight against Israel. This was the northern kingdom of Israel now. They had come to fight against Israel and, and the two armies had met in some hills. And the battle was joined and the Israel, Israelites won. They defeated the Syrians. The Syrians got to thinking about this and they thought they'd hit upon the problem. In 1 Kings chapter 28, 
sorry, 1 Kings chapter 20, rather, verse 23. In 1 Kings 20, verse 23, it says, And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are gods of the hills. They're the god of the mountain. That's the god they serve. That's why they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain or in the valley. And surely we will be stronger than them. But look at this in verse 28. Skip a couple of verses. The, the two armies come together again and the Israelites begin to get a little bit afraid because they're not in the mountains anymore. No, they're down in the valley now. Verse 28, look at this. And there came a man of God. Don't you love it when God sends a word just at the right time? There came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is a God of the hills, but He is not a God of the valley. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. You see, the Syrians thought that if, if we're in the valley, we're going to win because they only serve the God of the mountain. But if we can get them down low... You see, the Syrians had these things called chariots. The Israelites did not. And the Syrians figured that if we can get them down in the valley, in the wide open spaces of the plains, our chariots are going to be able to go around them and they're going to be able to smash into the sides and the back of the Israeli lines. And they're not going to be able to survive that. We will win. And the God that they serve, He's only the God of the hills. He's not the God of the valley. What they didn't count on was that the God of Israel was not just the God of the hill. He's not just the God of the mountain. No, no. He turns around and says, uh, 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 I'm the God of the valley as well. I'm the God of when things are going wrong. I'm the God when things aren't going well. I'm the God when things aren't going good in your life. And he steps up and God says, you know, the enemy might think he has you right where he wants you. The enemy might think I can take him down. I can take him out. The enemy might be able to use his best weapons of discouragement and his best weapons of depression and everything he can do to isolate you and take you out. But I am here to tell you today that the devil is miscalculating because he is not just the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley as well. He's not just a God of the good times. He's a God of the challenges as well. He's not just a God of the ups. He's the God of the downs as well. Because he's not just the God of the mountains. He's the God of the valley as well. I wonder if we could all stand this morning. God spoke very clearly to me about this message on Monday. So I know that this is a word of the Lord for somebody today. That's struggling with something in their life. They're struggling with some situation and they don't know which way to turn. They don't know what to do. Can I tell you that God is more than just the God of the mountain. He can be your God in the valley as well. 
when everything is dark and everything has gone wrong and the spiritual lights have been turned out and you can't see which way to turn, He's still there. He hasn't changed. He's the same God. He still has a plan for you. And when all of our plans and all of our schemes and all the things that we put together to, to try, and, try and better ourselves and better our life and, and to do everything right and to, we try and live for God in our own strength as well sometimes. And, and when all of that comes crashing down, can I tell you, don't be discouraged. He's still God in the valley. He's still on His throne. Why don't we just lift our hands right now. Let's just begin to talk to the Lord. Precious Jesus, I love you this morning, oh God. And I feel your presence here right now. I know, God, there's someone here who is struggling through a valley, Lord, and they're looking around and they're wondering where you are. They're wondering, why me, God? Why am I going through this? Lord, speak to that person's heart right now, Jesus. Let them know they're not alone. Let your presence begin to wash over this place, oh God. Lord, because if we're not in a valley right now, one day we will be, Jesus. There will come a day, Lord, when things aren't going to plan. And we're questioning why. We're wondering how. And we're, we're trying to understand your workings, oh God. And, but Lord, we'll never will. Your word says, Lord, that your thoughts are not our thoughts. Your ways are not our ways. But we do know, God, that you are on your throne. That you are unchanging. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. That you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. If you would like us to pray with you this morning, please, once you come down the front here, we can pray with you. We don't want to embarrass anybody today. There's nothing wrong with coming to the front. No one's going to look at you and judge you, but it's just a way of coming forward and saying, you know, Jesus, I need that. I am struggling with some things in my life, and I don't know the answer. I don't know which way to turn. Would you come? We'll pray with you this morning. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know God. We'll speak to you about a God who's on the mountain and a God who's in the valley. And for those of you who are on top of your mountains right now and feeling very happy, I'm glad for you. But just be aware there's going to come a day when you're going to need this message. And in that day, I want you to remember that He is the same God in the valley as He is on the mountain. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Tomorrow is so uncertain. But He's still God in tomorrow. He's still God the day after that. Praise the Lord.